Hello, Whovians, and welcome back to Doctor Who Discussion, the audio and visual podcast. Video's better than audio. Um, well, audio's really good, because you can hear me as loud as fish and chips when seagulls eat them. Very odd. Anyway, so today we're doing another episode of the Doctor Who Discussion. This time, I brought along another fantastic YouTuber in the roster of many fantastic YouTubers out there on in the Doctor Who universe. It, the, when you get out of the Doctor Who universe, you have um, odd YouTubers and a lot higher ones, but the Doctor Who universe is the place you want to be. And today, I'm here with a wonderful YouTuber that can spend hours talking on one subject, and I wish he would. It's Joe Brennan! Hello, howdy. Yeah. <laughs> nice to be here. Yeah. Now, now we'll begin with the age-old question. Where did your love of Doctor Who begin? Um... It began with a spin-off series called The Sarah Jane Adventures that I watched on CBBC um, when I was eight or nine. Um, and I, I I turned it on. It looked good. There were aliens. I'm a big Star Wars fan. And I was like, you know, this looks, you know, it's it's not Star Wars, but it's it's aliens and stuff and it looks fun. And so I watched Sarah Jane Adventures religiously. I, I ate it up. And I think I knew in the back of my mind that it was connected to Doctor Who yeah. but I didn't care and I I didn't I didn't feel the need to watch Doctor Who as a fan mm. of Sarah Jane Adventures I I had for some reason I thought I wouldn't like Doctor Who I I don't know why I think <laughs> I think now 2007 yeah. uh blink aired on on television and I was very young at the time and in the playground at school people were all talking about the Weeping Angels and how terrifying they were. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds so scary. And so I just thought <laughs> Doctor Who was really scary. And I was just like, you know, I'm not a horror guy. I don't want to watch a scary show. I'll stick with Sarah Jane Adventures. And it, then, um, you know. It uh, some had yeah. borders on it, on scariness. The, um, Ellen, I don't remember the exact episode, but the dolls that kept on going, TikTok, those. Night as a small child, <laughs> they would also become scary. And then listen is another one up there that would scare scare mm. small children. It's just there are some creepier episodes, yeah. but I, I thought that was every week. I thought every yeah. week I would be terrified. So, <laughs> um, but so I watched Sarah Jane Adventures until yeah. it finished um, in 2011, and yeah. I was very upset that it ended. Obviously, it ended prematurely, and you know, I was I was heartbroken. Mm. Um, and so I just, I think about a year later, I, I hopped on the Doctor Who train because my mum said I should. Yeah. Um, I started with Asylum of the Daleks with the start of Series 7. Mm. Um, and then there was a gap, wasn't there, between 7A and 7B. Yeah. And in yeah. that gap, I went back and watched Christopher Eccleston through to Matt Smith Series yeah. 6 and yeah. kind of was suddenly... Like all at once a Doctor Who fan, I guess. Like there was no kind of period where I was just watching casually. It was just like as soon as I was watching, I was a fan. Like I was I think I had to catch up with, you know, uh what was it then? Six years of content. Wow. Um well I mean, was it six years? Yeah. Um all at once. And yeah. and so I was suddenly had all the you know, I was freaking out about Doomsday, I was freaking out about, you know, uh David Tennant's regeneration, all of that, all in 2012 at once. <laughs> Just um uh, kind of having to go through all the stages of Doctor Who fandom. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like looking on Instagram and Tumblr at people who've been making memes about yeah. this stuff forever. And yeah, I felt like I'd missed out. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, no. Um, and then since then, Doctor Who's been you know, one of my things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not limiting myself, but it's I love it. And as of right now, as of the 10th of August, do you currently own? Because if if people want to do this visually, you'd be able to see my background. But do you own the complete box set of Sarah Jane Adventures? I do not. I don't own any physical Doctor Who or Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, I I know it's 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 a shame. I I feel ashamed, but also they're very expensive. And I, I to be completely honest, I don't watch a huge amount of Doctor Who or Sarah Jane Adventures for for pleasure um, mm. anymore. Like I I watched it loads like yeah. five years ago. And I remember it off by heart. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that was like. I just had a, those few shows just running on repeat. Yeah. Um, and then I, I d- dipped my toes back into Sarah Jane when it was on BBC iPlayer um, mm-hmm. in whatever that was, 2018. Me and my friends at school, actually, yeah. where we had a, a free period of lessons where we could just hang out and do work. Um, but we, um, those for the audio listeners, that was do work in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we just that was when Sarah Jane Adventures was on iPlayer so every week we would just watch an episode or two of Sarah Jane and just worked, worked our way through that first series which was really fun well, when they when it was on the iPlayer I spent a whole summer well not a whole summer six it didn't take me six weeks once all the Sarah Jane Adventures a week and a half at best and then and then not so long ago I think it was uh, a few years it was probably this summer of 2019 and then watch rewatch Sarah Jane Torchwood then Sarah Jane Adventures because I have if you audio listeners I'm looking at my bookcase but right at the bottom of my bookcase I've got the box set that I got oops you can't I'll move my mic out of the way for a second it's it's at the bottom and I'll pick it up actually audio listeners I'm sipping away from the mic <laughs> let's not hurt myself shall we Right, audio listeners, I've got a box set of series one to three of Torchwood in a fancy box. So uh, this is the box set. That's a nice box set. And it has them all there. But I got it from the Doctor Who experience. Oh, yeah. And then, because it was available. And that summer, then I bought Miracle Day. Right, audio listeners, I'm putting it right back. And so I, I listened. I, I, well, and then we bought the big finish audios, but I never got around to listening to them. Now, have you got BritBox? Um, I did for a bit, and then I wasn't using it enough, so I just thought if I need it again, I'll get another subscription. But because on, uh, on the 16th of August, to- uh, Sarah Jane Adventures is being added. I've heard, and yeah. I think at some point that will be my go-to. You know. Yeah. Whenever I want to watch Sarah Jane Adventures, I'll mm. just get BritBox for a bit. But um, for now, I don't don't feel the need. Well, well, it, Sarah Jane Adventures was was really massive, and I was watching um, a Sari stream the other day, and someone in the in the uh, array of comments uh, had, had pointed out that they released the unaired episodes script in a Sarah Jane Sarah Jane companion edition of the Doctor Who magazine. Which I've never actually seen. Have you? Have you read the unaired episodes? I've um I've read some of the concepts. I've read some of the the kind of basic story ideas of I, I was I made a video on the trickster uh, a few yeah. months ago, and uh, there was the whole uh, there was a finale idea for series five, I think, about mm. the Battle of Bannerman Road, 
And that's the only one that I've really dipped my toes yeah. into because that that was to do with the character that I was looking into. And mm. I think at the time I was kind of too young, <laughs> too young <laughs> to be interested in that. And then I, Sarah Jane Adventures kind of went out of my head until yeah. until quite recently. So, well, I think if if someone can log listeners and viewers your mission is to locate the episodes in a non-magazine format is I think as a community, as a document community, whether or not on on as the Twitter thing or on YouTube can come together to make them episodes in audio because I think they're because what what would be interesting is if we if 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 we all ravel together and get Sadie Miller on board <laughs> to, to be yeah. Because she's currently playing her in, in Big Finish, so I she think is, isn't she? Yeah. I think that would be a fantastic project to do as as a fans because, oh well, you don't have to have Sarah. Well, you can have Sarah Jane in it, or you could write her out because in Farewell Sarah Jane, if that if we're classing that as canon, she's technically dead in the Doctor universe. She is, yeah, or ambiguously dead, with the Doctor coming to take her away. Who knows? Uh, uh, Rani, Rani doesn't think she's dead. Well, I. Well, so going on to the new series now, just just really quickly before I get to my next bullet point. Um, what do you think of the actress who plays Rani playing a massive? Um, I think it was like a spider or something in series eleven or twelve. She played she played a massive spider. I I didn't know this. Um, <laughs> um I, I like I like a big spider. I like that spider episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, think... I think it was the Nikola Tesla episode. Oh right. It was, it was that one, and, and I didn't realise until someone had pointed it out, and then that was the actress that played Rani. Oh. I'm thinking, that's too much prosthetics for anyone to know that it's the <laughs> actress that played Rani. Uh, I like... Um, I like uh, that Tesla episode. I don't really remember it very well, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I, I I remember enjoying it more than I was yeah. enjoying some of the newer stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and now, now here's here's a um, a question: would, would you? How many items would you need to beat the world record for the most Doctor Who items? Because there's a woman out there or a child; she, she's still young, which is even crazy. She's got the world record, and last she put it on Facebook that last Christmas she got a life-size Dalek and a life-size K9 in a room. Wow. Yeah. Do you have room for that? Like that, once you've put a life-size Dalek in your room, you kind of taken up valuable bed space. Her, her room doesn't look big enough. But what I've noticed is that she has now almost completed the classic Who collection of of single DVDs. I've not seen her having any of the collection box sets, Crikey. but I haven't seen that she's got any big finish. So someone that's got every big finish and everything she's got, but will will have world record. Do you reckon you you can? Uh, you know anyone that will be able to break that world record? I don't think so. I mean, a lot of the people I know just, um, you know, they might have a, a sonic screwdriver toy. They might have a mug. Um, they might have a few DVDs, but I don't think I, I or anyone else I know is, is anywhere near mm. the, uh, <laughs> the world record. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, you made a video most recently, not on, not strictly on the topic of Doctor Who, but I, I'm going to turn this question into the topic of Doctor Who. What's your favourite Doctor Who special feature or like special features? Because you run about how the special features uh, are slowly dying down. What, what do you reckon your favourite Doctor Who one, if you've seen any? Um, yeah, I mean, I spoke about, you know, bonus features and DVD extras and, and 
specifically behind the scenes content and how great I think it is to give people that insight. And I mean, Doctor Who, the, I think the best thing Doctor Who did in, in the Russell T Davies era and, and you know, at the start of the Moffat was, um, uh, was just Doctor Who Confidential. Yeah. And obviously I wasn't really watching Doctor Who when that stuff was happening. So I've gone yeah. back and watched it, you know, separately, like as its own kind of thing. Mm. Um, and it's just great. And I think as a child, it's something that I really would have loved. And I wish, you know, I wish we had something like that now more than, um, you know, I think there's a, a few YouTube featurettes yeah. before certain videos. I know there were, I don't know, throughout series eight and, and nine, it all kind of was, you know, reduced yeah. and then disappeared. And then they had so. the fan show, which is... Yes, of... which is, yeah, sometimes doing the, you know, sometimes doing that kind of thing, sometimes yeah. not. Even then, I, I take the fan show coming back, like, um, even though that was not what I considered the ideal, like, mm. you know, uh, companion piece to the show, I, I think it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. And it's better than what we have now. Yeah. So. Uh, that, yeah, that ended out the blue. In my in my opinion, that that should have stayed around. With, but I I don't know what um prompted Crystal to to leave the fan show. But I reckon that that should have stuck around because the last thing that it was going through a weird phase from once Peter Capaldi's era was over, it was going through a weird phase of it not knowing what it is, and then yeah. it then it reacted to the announcement and then just vanished and then said goodbye. Yeah. Without any thought, and then the, the Doctor YouTube channel is now just a bunch of clips. Clips, just newly yeah. HD versions of old clips as well. Yeah. Um, I think with the fan show, um, you know, I found some of it a little bit obnoxious. However, just it felt like I had pretty, as a viewer, pretty constant contact with Stephen Moffat because he was always being interviewed, and I think. I don't know who Chris Chibnall is. I, I've never, I, who is that man? And I think if I was seeing him, you know, weekly or bi-weekly, and he was always had something to say on the Doctor Who YouTube channel about the episodes he was writing, maybe I would understand his process a bit more and I'd have that level of attachment to yeah. him as a writer and potentially his Doctor Who. So uh, I, I, I think it's such a, a valuable part of yeah. the show that right now that that box just that it's, the itch just isn't being scratched. Yeah. For, and and I think I think Chibnall is more of a secretive man because Broadchurch there was never anything of like you know ne you never found anything out beforehand no. with Broadchurch but and then and then you, you didn't know anything but uh, going on to Broadchurch for a brief second because uh, have you seen the American remake of Broadchurch called Grace Point Grace Point it's got <laughs> David Tennant in it doing the worst American accent a very I've ever bad heard. American accent I, I mean, uh... You can do him really well, but not not in that. I haven't seen it. I've, I think I watched a trailer when I heard it existed and uh. couldn't believe it. And I still forget that it's real. And um, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine it was much of a success. Um, but no, I just, I, I don't know. Series. Can Americans just not understand the kind of the kind of broad church accent? Is that why they couldn't just, you know, release it over there? Well, they did on a BBC America. So it, was right. on BBC, it was on BBC America, and they thought we'll make our own. Change yeah. the name of the change the name of the town, and then just nab David Tennant, make him do an American accent that he, he probably didn't want to do. Play the same role, uh, different, same character names, exact same, and you can now watch it along with the US version of Prime Evil on STV, which is a 
which is a Scottish version of ITV, but it's free in the UK. Wow. Well, um, sounds great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, now going back to Doctor Who, now that we've talked about the poor accent of David, because David Tennant, if you didn't know he was Scottish, in Doctor Who he did a fantastic English accent. Like, yeah. Just, just, um, fantastic. He, sounds, he sounds very good. Yeah. But what is the first ever piece of merchandise you ever bought for Doctor Who? The first piece of merchandise I ever had was a sonic screwdriver toy I was given as a child. Which Doctor? Um, it was... Uh, 10? I think it's 10. I'm just <laughs> having a glance over at it. Um, it came with the psychic paper. Uh, oh yeah, you could, you could write in invisible ink and shine it, and it, you know, uh, and it would show up. Great, great toy. I was not a Doctor Who fan. They just thought because I was nerdy that I was one. Um, they were just like, he looks like a, he looks like a Doctor Who fan. He likes Star Wars. That's the same thing. Um, yeah. uh, so I think that was that was the attitude towards me. It was like I chose one of those nerdy kids. He'll, he'll like that. So, and then the first thing I ever bought. Um, do you know the Forbidden Planet? I don't know if they're Forbidden Planet exclusive. I think they are. The, the T-shirts that have the Doctor Who costume patterns on. I think they um, are um, yeah. Forbidden Planet exclusives, which is quite a shame because they're really, really nice. They look really nice, but they're just too expensive. Yeah, I got a lot of those when I was like, I don't know, 13, yeah. which was annoying because I got them as small T-shirts that I then grew out of. Yeah. Mm. And I spent all that money on T-shirts that I now just cannot wear. And uh, yeah, I I had I had some that had like all the dogs on it, and I and I feel like with the one I had, I feel like the design was too high up. Oh right, there's some design that it was like you you to look at the design if you wanted to, you had to bend your neck and just look right down and think, <laughs> oh, there's that one, oh, that one, that one, and you'll hurt your neck Absolutely. from looking at it. Um and and. I feel like with Doctor Who merchandise, a lot of it needs to remove the banner of limited edition. So the Doctor Who, a lot of things now are like, quickly, get it now, or else it'll go out. And it it, it hurts. It hurts people wallets. People cry. You you can see people having mental breakdowns because of it. It's, It's just... It's just horrendous. There is and, a, a panic on Twitter whenever something yeah. good is being released. It's just like, oh, I've yeah. got to buy this, haven't I? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like because they're excited, but also yeah. it's going to cost a lot of money and they won't be around forever. Uh, now, now, speaking of things that are, are slightly too expensive, what's your thoughts on the big finish, Dr. Irene? Are you not into that? Um, I have dipped my toes into big finish uh, once or twice. Um, no, you know what? I've listened to a fair amount, but I think every time I speak to another Doctor Who fan, I think I've not listened to any because of how much there is. And like, I've listened through, t- I've I've done the the Paul McGann main range yeah. um, at the start. So from Storm Warning through to whatever, the ones that are on Spotify as far as the main range go. Mm. Um, so I've, I've listened to the Divergent arc. I've listened to you know, uh, all that all that stuff with Keres and Charlie and Zagreus uh, is something that I have listened to three times, which I think makes me the best Doctor Who fan on the planet because I've stuck with that on multiple listens. And I do think it gets better every time. Mm. Um, and I've listened to Light at the End, the 50th. I've listened to, I've just kind of 
dipped in here yeah. and there. I've listened to the first and second series of the Eighth Doctor Adventures. With yeah, the there's, there's uh, too there's too yeah. many audios. There's uh, 275, I think, of, uh, of the main range that Adam yeah. Martin, who was the first person ever interviewed, uh, has completed that collection now of every main range. Wow. Yeah, because I um I own CD copies of the first Eighth Doctor Adventures, mm. and that was such an expensive expensive purchase that I was just like, I can't I can't do this, yeah. I can't keep up. And then when I got Spotify and saw that all those mm. ones were there for free, I was like, yeah. okay, I can make my way through those. Yeah. Um, and you know I, I like them. I think mm. the the most interest I have in um uh big finish is the paul mcgann stuff yeah and potentially the john hurt stuff although i've not really listened to that i think i listened to the one of uh, i don't know um (laughs) i think i started one and then it just wasn't the right time to listen um but like for mcgann it's like okay this is this doctor's era right the eighth doctor exists in audio and then when it comes to the others it's like okay it's a bit of extra of doctors i already know i um you know i'm I'm not against it and i think some of the stories are obviously great i have listened to spare parts um i think that's a great davison story but um i think you know i'm not grabbed by the idea of more tom baker more (laughs) sylvester mccoy i think like you know they had their runs and not in a way of like this shouldn't even exist i'm (laughs) I'm glad that those fans get that however i don't want i don't you know i don't have the time or money Mm. to kind of sink my teeth into everything um although actually colin baker is really great in big yeah he is um his voice is very powerful. Yeah, he's and the characterization is just so right. Yeah. I think it's like it's some people say he was fixed in Big Finish, but I think mm. what they did was they took the best parts of him and the moments yeah. in the show where he was at his best and used that to define the yeah. character in Big Finish. Um, I don't think it's like brand new characterization, it's just really mm-hmm. strong. because uh, yeah. I've listened to because Charlie, uh, the eighth doctor's companion goes from the eighth doctor to the sixth doctor i've listened to all those um because i wanted to follow charlie's story um but yeah i I, I, when i speak like this i feel like i've listened to loads and then i will see like a list of uh you know what's dark eyes and and there's all this there's the companion chronicles there's there's fourth doctor fifth doctor six Mm. seven you know it's all so much and now now christopher eccleston which i've not been able to uh, listen to have have you listened to that any of uh i've heard the beginning bits of the uh, Ninth Doctor stuff. I have it on vinyl, which arrived right. the other day, even though we bought it in like May, <laughs> well. it, and it only arrived, uh, yes, uh, Sunday uh, as of recording this. Um, and then I've perched, and then I've pre-ordered the second one. But the first ever big finish I listened to was like the Eighth Doctor's Doom something. I don't think it's Doom Coalition, but it's Doom. Day, Doomsday Volume Two. It was the first thing I ever bought. The first thing I ever listened to was the second volume of of a of a story. Yeah. Um, I did that as well with uh, John Hurt. I bought the second one instead of the first one because I was I, I didn't know much about Big Finish and that. But yeah. now I'm now I've got now I listen to I buy them off the Big Finish website if the price is cheap enough, and then listen yeah. to the digital version to keep it in its sealed wraps and it's worth more later on because I'm. I like that. And then if I bought it from Amazon, I'd just take the wrapping off and listen to the CD part because they're, 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 they're really good. But the um, stuff that's available for listeners and viewers, the stuff that's available on Spotify for free is also available on Apple Music for free as well. So you're not missing out anything there. And the Big Finish also have 
a load of free um, extracts and bits and bobs from all their franchises, not just Doctor Who, from Sherlock to Jerry Anderson to the hours and hours and hours of dark shadows you can listen to. So you go through the last on CD and you, and you, have, to, you have to scroll for three days before you get to any Doctor Who stuff because dark shadows is involved. But have you? did you know that during the Wilderness years, Colin Baker did a sort of, did did do Doctor Who himself. So someone produced Doctor Who for VHS, but it wasn't called Doctor Who, it was called something else where he was playing the character, but legally had a different name. Have you heard of these? Um, yeah, I've heard about the kind of Wilderness years, you know, uh, Doctor Who, but not quite Doctor Who mm. things. Uh, I think... Quinton Reviews did a video on on something similar, or yeah. I think he he made a video just about Doctor Who knockoffs, and in that he he covered yeah. the semi-official kind of, you know, it's not quite a knockoff, but it's yeah. also not official. All right, so uh, I think that was that was my experience with it. Occasionally, it will um, it will show up in a in a meme or on Twitter yeah. clips or, or out of context screenshots, and and it's always fascinated me, but not enough to to actually investigate, yeah. I suppose. Mm. Uh, and then we, with also with, with Dark Eyes, which you mentioned before, I think that's a little bit odd to me because on e, on Etsy, which, which they made a, a replica of the Dark Eyes Sonic Screwdriver. Well, I don't know how people can listen to it and think that's how it looks. <laughs> I get it like really official and bang on. Or, or is it on the... I've not actually listened to any Dark Eyes. Do you, is it on the cover? Is this Sonic... On the cover, I think it's on the cover. I I can I've got a few. I think they did a, a photo shoot with Paul McGann that has just become his like default look. Um, before night, maybe before or after or at some point, like mm. that was the go-to Eighth Doctor look. Um, yeah. it was movie Dark Eyes and then Night of the Doctor mm. and and now it's I guess a variation on that. Um, forever. Mm. Uh, and I think there's a Sonic Scrooge. I, I, I don't know. Um, I know they did. They designed an official Sonic Screwdriver for the Time Lord Victorious stuff, um, and they they made that available. And they were just like, "Look at this new Sonic Screwdriver that you may hear in audio and read in books." <laughs> it's just a kind of a weird thing that's yeah. like you'll never really see it, but it. Well, I guess it's kind of cool. The character option they make toys out of the audio Sonics because they'll make more money on that because people just flock to it like parrots <laughs> or pigeons. Or whatever type of bird that flocks to, to things oh because one thing things. it's like one thing gets released and everyone just like mur, mur, and flies to it and like we gotta get this quickly ah and then, and then eBay is like woo it's all on eBay but um now now going to more of a um human based thing this sounds weird but um how many doctors have you met how many doctors actors like it doesn't have to be official doctors it can be non-canon doctors um i have met one i met peter davison um at a local uh convention uh let me think i thought um, you were going to say local tesco's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been more exciting yeah oh, I, I met davison um let me think um no i'm not in my head i should say something else but 
no i mean i, I did uh, time fracture and you know that does that count does that i went there and they they there's a, a video message from uh, from from a doctor or two so mm. I, i've i've met those but they were behind a screen so <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were trapped they were trapped for safety measures of yes yeah, I'm sure they're there. They're they're doing it live every time. You know, they're just yeah. in another room. They're not. It's not pre-recorded. They've got the lawyers to get to get um to get restrictions on, yeah. on the on the fans just in case. Then they don't get harassed. But I but it, you can see it in my background slightly because I had to move the image. But I, I met Colin Baker. Like Colin, yeah, yeah. I met Colin at um um one. I think it was one of the. Well, it was what it was a comic con. It wasn't one of the big ones, but it was one mm. of the smaller comic cons. And and we we bought we bought like the it was it was a birthday treat for me. We bought one of those like oh you get this really exclusive thing and all it was was like a like a two page leaflet. You you had to pay a little bit more for a two page leaflet. But I but I asked the person said, is this it? And they went yeah. And it's like wow. just two pages. Two but I did I did leaflet. end up getting the photo framed. But when you when you meet him in person, he's very nice. Um, but. He was. He does seem. He doesn't seem as as healthy as as you may think. He was. He was shaking a little bit. So he is. Wow. He is on the turn. But he he did uh, five celebrities go cam 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 caravanning caravanning on Channel Five. Uh, that he, he was one of the first ones to do that. And he and he 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 seemed all right then. But I I think I think like most of the actors now, I think he's on on the turn. I don't think he'd be with us much longer. Well, uh, I mean, that's just kind of the reality of being a, a fan of a mm. show with sixty-year history. I suppose yeah. is, is um, you know, I mean, it's it's already happened throughout yeah. the years. But I, I do get the feeling. I think a lot of those classic doctors are similar ages. Um, like, yeah. I think because you know the ones who were earlier were younger, and then they got older as yeah. it got later. So they've all kind of yeah. ended up around the same age. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess it's going to be a, a strange few years. I, I'm kind of bracing myself for that as a Star Wars fan as well because yeah. you know obviously Carrie Fisher passed away in 2016 but it's um like it's really only yeah. <laughs> only a matter of time and it's I'm not I'm not ready but yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, that same day when we were in the queue we, we were in the queue and, and sometimes I said to myself I'm gonna go in cosplay but then I never do mm. and, and it, we were still in the queue and I did see Tony Robinson in war past and I said oh that's Tony Robinson he was just walking past one <laughs> oh he's small He's quite small in real life. No, this is not to be Doctor Who, which to be fair, he should be in Doctor Who. But he was, he was just quite small, um, funnily enough. But um, but what what is your favourite experience in the Doctor Who community? Whether it's whether it's people in meet people in real life, people on Twitter, or YouTubers you've made friends with over the years. Um, I mean, I've just had I've just had loads. Um, there's you know, I've had a great experience on on Facebook in the Doctor Who meme group that I that I'm in and part of. Um, like that's just been consistently funny for about four years. Um, I guess. Um, are you familiar with the Scongo joke? Um, uh, yes. 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 I, I think. Yes. I, I think am. one of my favourite things to come from that. I mean, briefly, uh, me and my friends and the the good people of of Doctor Who TARDIS posting pretended. Um, oh, sorry, I've just knocked something over. Uh, we pretended that there was a uh, a classic Doctor Who villain called Skongo, um, and uh, he, he ed edited him into all kinds of episodes and <laughs> changed the wiki and, you know, did all kinds of things to pretend that Skongo was real. 
And it was just a picture of my friend. It was just an edited picture of my friend uh, to have his nose kind of point down like that and his smile come up like that. And um, to, to then see people to see people take that and make fan art and memes and you know act like he's real for all kinds of people, it, it became way bigger than myself. Yeah, and way bigger than my friend who created the original image. Um, it, and then suddenly, I remember in 2017, just getting a, a notification and just being like, Joe, Peter Davison has just said that Skongo is the best villain. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened my phone and I was like, oh my God, he has. And then throughout the next months, uh, Colin Baker said it, and um, Sylvester McCoy, uh, David Bradley, Paul McGann. I think Paul McGann did it. And it's just John Leeson, Fraser Hines, uh, just, uh, and uh, the Slovene lady from from series one just it was <laughs> we had yeah. so many um, and yeah. I think that that must be the best I think yeah. and that the first YouTube video I made was um, last year in around March I was basically like because I think Skongo became so complicated and has such a complicated thing that's like well there was this picture and we were in a Doctor <laughs> Who group and it was just like I was just like I, I need to make yeah. just a like a nice easy to follow timeline of events that takes us from beginning to yeah. end and um yeah. i made that video i made a kind of powerpoint that explains the whole history and that was my first video and it did really well and it kind of gave me my foundation in youtube that yeah. i've now you know springboarded from well i reckon from 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 that being from it being really popular i reckon that there's a market there for a doctor who fan audio <laughs> where 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 it where it's like the life of Skongo, just, just like what he gets up to me every day, like before before he before he goes off to work to fight the doctor, he just he just has a is as his um, milky brew with um <laughs> PG tips, and every time he drinks it, he goes mm, monkey <laughs> and drinks it. I do think um, I do think that if anyone, you know, I I I just get a feeling that if you know. If what happens usually happens is, you know, former Doctor Who fans go on to write for Doctor Who uh, and be the showrunner. <laughs> oh, and no. I, I just have I just have a feeling that at some point I'll be watching Doctor Who in 20 years and the Doctor will just offhandedly mention the time he, he or she fought Skongo. And I, I will just be, you know, the happiest man on earth <laughs> um, because there are just so many people that are in on the joke at this yeah. point that it would be, you know, I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. Um, but, well, yeah. We need, we need. Um, going going on to my next question, we we need a Doctor Who fan universe. Now we've we've got Doctor Who universe, like as it is in the show, but the fans need a separate universe where every single fan Doctor, in audio form, because it's quicker and easier to do it in audio form than the visual, because there's there'll be there is so many, whether the good, whether the bad, or whatever, these come together when it is the 60th anniversary. Needs to do a massive thing so you, we need to we need to meet we need to meet the um Dr. dw 2012 doctors and all their spin-off yep. doctors like dr velocity doctor who fraction timeline we need to we need to we need to meet um um uh Whovian chasers doctors we need to meet uh the, the special doctor that i've been doing over on this channel more information on that as as i uh, develop more into that project playlist to watch all those it's called the secret project and we need we need them all to come together to make one massive adventure and the main villain needs to be Skongo. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll just it'll just wrap off the 50th anniversary we'll do it we'll do it we'll do it when it happens but that needs to be that needs to happen we need the who the doctor who community show 
which is Jack, which is a yeah. fantastic YouTube series, by the way. It needs to advertise it. He needs to be involved, and we need to get everyone involved. That just needs to be a massive thing. No, that, that sounds really fun because yeah. I know it's just it's a huge part of the show and the mm. fandom is people just making their own yeah. more than any other kind of fandom that I'm part of yeah. Doctor Who fans just want to make Doctor Who um, like I like most Doctor Who fans I know have been yeah. involved in some kind of fan audio or fan uh, drama yeah. Yeah. or you know fan film yeah. uh, you know whatever or comic novel fan fiction whatever i think it's 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 incredible like i mean just yesterday i i narrated a a wow. audio drama for uh for Rassilon productions um as a, a story that he'd written mm. um about dr moon from yeah. the library two-parter and i think that's out that's out today yeah um but it's, uh, well it's i'm fun. sure we, i'm gonna listen to that and there will be a review on that because that does sound incredible <laughs> Because you've got a yeah. soothing voice well enough to be audio. <laughs> you you can just have you can just have a podcast called Sounds by George. Just, just saying all your favorite words like scungo, fish and chips, fish fingers and custard. Harry Hill has got now to be Doctor Who. Well, he is Harry Hill. Like soft words because you because that that would that that's good. That's gonna be really interesting. But um, I'm working on a few Doctor Who projects that will not be mentioned. Ye. Yeet. I've never said that word before. I've never <laughs> understood that word. Right. Anyway, which will not be mentioned within this p- podcast episode, but I will tell you afterwards because you will be interested in it. So I will tell you afterwards, but you Very guys excited. will find out sooner or later. Now, going on to fan productions, what's your favorite fan film? Uh, I don't know. There's uh, so many. There are so many. Um, There are none that spring to mind as like, you know, I don't have a, a particular emotional attachment to any. I've I've, yeah. kind of, I've watched a, a few over the years, but I have to admit, while they're all great, I there's none that I'm like, that's my go-to. I will I will yeah. rewatch that for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, yeah, there's, um, no, I mean, I, <laughs> it's not necessarily fan film, but I the best kind of doctor who fan production yeah. things that i i know are the are the songs are the um the 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 doctor who parodies or doctor who musical uh songs or original songs i made a video on that a couple of months ago yeah. and um i think oh yeah no, the, I, no I do i do yeah. know which video you're on about so, like five who fans did a couple of just kind of parodies and songs they're incredible all in character all filmed really well yeah. um what else um I guess there was the Doctor Who the musical experience or something that was a, an American guy and in, in, it seemed in New York and kind of wrote this they wrote this original yeah. um, this original like musical theater style version of Doctor Who and yeah. it was great and I, they stick in my mind a bit more I think because it's the catchy song yeah. rather than just a story um, the, the, I love the creativity there yeah there's another one there's another musical I don't know what it's called but it was on um, Mr. Tardif Reviews live stream recently he did a series one and then he did love and monsters the musical have you heard those was... it's the one where it's, it's one where, it, where it's like a little bit it's like where it's like it's him animated them and it's him talking oh, all the animated doctor Who. that's it that's yeah, yeah. that's uh kane unable yeah um lovely lovely fella yeah. um i believe uh i 
I yeah, seems seems really nice. Yeah, um, and they're really good. Yeah, I I've, you know what? Yeah, that's another yeah. one of those things that sticks in my head because it's like I mean I love fan films where you know we've got someone dressed up as the Doctor running around <laughs> in a, a Doctor Who location, but to be completely yeah. honest, a lot of them do blend into one. Whereas when you're doing something so unique, like a poorly animated one or an animation in general, or, a, you know, and there's a lot of Doctor Who Lego yeah. um, stop motion animation. Doctor Who animation, uh, Doctor Who Adventures, they do really good animation. Yes, yeah. And videos. I think that's a really great way to, to yeah. stand out as a, as a Doctor Who creator is to, to kind of pick a thing and do that thing really yeah. well. Um, but there will always, as I said, there will always be merit in dressing up like Doctor Who and running around yeah. quarry with your friends. Because um. <laughs> one of my favourite fan films, like franchises, because it is a franchise now, is DW 2012. Now, mm. they're, they're the only ones I've seen that I've thought were except, and they were like TV level. So mm. I think that's, that is DW Twenty Twelve themselves, Doctor Who Velocity, Doctor Who Fractured Timeline, and I there's there's like the Irish Doctor. There's others, but the, the Doctor Who Velocity. Um, there's a whole video that I'm yet to watch that I really want to watch. That I'll probably watch later today. It's about how they got Ace involved because Ace was involved when uh doc, when the Velocity Doctor ran to the phone box and got help from. From Ace, oh, and right. so they had um had Sophie Aldrin's voice, and there was a whole video of explaining how they got there. But That's I just cool. I really wanted to interview Sophie Aldrin so much that I said that I, I I sent the request, but never going to reply. Same with um Joe Joe Grant um Katie Manning Katie Manning that day because because I asked uh, Josh Carr who still needs to reply to my direct message on Twitter um he he told me how, what the best way is to get hold of her, like like what to say to her, and she never got back to me either. I'm sure. Uh, you know, probably, to be honest, they all probably get quite a few um, quite a few requests for things like that, and it's uh, it's a matter of kind of timing and luck with whether you get in there first. Mm. or Because uh, sometimes the attitude is, well, if they did a podcast with, you know, Tharys, they might they'll probably do one with me but then there's the idea that like if they've already done one with Tharys they might not want to do one not because Tharys put them off but just because they're like oh I've already done a podcast I've, yeah. I've done the podcast I've done that um you know I think that could sometimes be the attitude that it's like mm. you know rather than because one person did it it is obviously possible it may yeah. be that because one person has already done it they're not going to do it again so who knows um and now going on to non I was about to sneeze there. We're going on to audio listeners. My face turned because I didn't want to make my uh, microphone full of snot and it'll just be the audio sound weird. Um, but what, going on to uh, non-canon Doctor Who. Now, this, this, when I say non-canon Doctor Who, I don't mean fan production. I mean Doctor Who that was produced by televisual companies or films and that. And what's your favorite non-canon Doctor Who, which, which is like, like, so for instance, Ryan Atkinson's one of them. I think oh. Rowan Atkinson must be the best. Um, I think that whole thing is just fantastic. That whole story. I think Jonathan Price as the master is so good. Like, unironically good. Like, it's not a parody. I think Rowan Atkinson is hardly a parody either. Like, I think they're kind of... It's a bizarre thing where, like, they're clearly joking and they're making fun of the show and how, how camp it is. But at the same time, it is also quite good. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Jonathan Price, especially, like that just 
pluck him out of there and put him anywhere else and, mm. as that master, and he's great. He is Anthony he Ainley, Roger Delgado level. He needs uh, to be masterful. Should have been in masterful. Yeah, no, completely. And I think, you know, I think all the other fun regenerations in that story, the curse of curse of the fatal death, um, or the curse of fatal death, or whichever way around that is, um, they're all kind of joke ones. They're all kind of fun. Yeah, uh, like yeah Joanna Lumley and Hugh. Bonneville and um, and Richard E. Grant is yeah. in it, and and yeah. and Hugh Grant, and I think that they're all just kind of you know fun one note characters. But Rowan Atkinson's doing something there that is actually quite interesting as a doctor. If, if you didn't know it was a comic relief sketch, you, you you would just thought, oh oh, I miss this episode. Yeah, or at the very least, you would think this is a doctor who has come back for a comic relief sketch, and you know it, you know as if this is a doctor who exists in a series somewhere and he's just being used here in a comedy yeah. and i think i think i don't know if he took it seriously or if the writing took it seriously and it's not too serious but at the same yeah. time that's that's a that's a good doctor the the, the person the woman that plays the companion is really good as well you you would see her as a real companion yeah no i think i think she kind of she gets the energy and the and the vibe just right for for such a kind of you know small thing i guess mm. But but the, the the best bit is is the fact how like uh, I travelled back in time even further than when you've arrived here just just so I can do this and then he's right. like no no I've gone even further further back than that to get to here but then I've gone further and that and that bit is what makes it funny but I reckon I, I'm I'm saying this lot today but I reckon big finish would easily get the rights to that and be able to make a full series and make all the fans happy. Because Rowan Atkinson does a lot of audio these days, doing the uh, audio version of Mr. Bean, going ah, <laughs> in, in a recorded studio in the middle of and, London. And then they reuse that for the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I think it, it's always fun to explore that kind of territory of kind of known, but not not like fully explored and fully expanded yeah. ideas. Uh, I think I think it's it's a it's it's you know, there there are a lot of areas that I think it would be fun to, to see fleshed out, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and so going now going back to, to your your YouTube channel is one of those channels that I always wish there's more videos on. But when, <laughs> when I found you, I just found you out in the blue, your videos were just so in detail and so incredible. I had to pause watching classic Doctor Who whilst whilst I just sat there and looked at it and went, Ooh. <laughs> and then it made me want to rewatch the episode. So I thought, no, no, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll be patient. I'm still watching classics. I'll be patient. I rewatch twice upon a time, another time. <laughs> and and your your style is a style that a lot of people try to do, but don't always work. And I like I like the element of you just sitting there with a microphone in your hand because that makes you look like you you would you would work this YouTube would work perfectly on stage, like doing a TED talk about upon a time you could just all you have to do to improve is walk across on a stage like walk from one end to the other that's all you have to do to change your thing up and you might a ted talk but it's who ted ted talks that that's a really good idea that someone someone should do that at the I'll end to of do that, yeah a live so, show yeah. a live a live video essay yeah. um. 150 odd quid for edinburgh fringe six <laughs> night run to do a doctor who talk show I performed at the Edinburgh Fringe, and um, I did a play in 2018 um, 
uh, it was with school but yeah. it was uh, it was really fun and annoyingly they did and there was a a, a little team there doing an improvised Doctor Who episode <laughs> every day that where yeah. they, the audience would give suggestions on the setting or the or mm. the alien or whatever and they would have to improvise that and wow. I was I really wanted to go but it, it clashed with the show I was putting on yeah. <laughs> so um yeah um, but schools you know. should do that more like like because because it's a, a good thing to to, to to learn how to be on stage and it, it cost i've had a look at it so that i want to perform the fringe myself doing a few things but i've had a look and you could be any age i've worked out as well but i had a look at how much it is to do one chore you're spending 73 pounds you're spending over 100 pounds to do the whole from the 6th of august to the 30th of august you're spending over 100 pounds to perform at this at, at, no one might like you might spend all this money and no one may show up that's no, it's, it's true yeah um, and, and I, I love the idea of improvised doctor who i so i so wish someone filmed it and yeah. on youtube that yeah. that would just be incredible because there was um fan-made musicals like low budget musicals like the whole hillywood show did um rocky mm. horror's um time what they did yeah yes. time warp and they did and that looked incredible i don't think she actually used her voice to record that because it seemed to no there's uh there's someone else doing the david tennant impression yeah um it yeah. didn't fit with her vocal range when she talked normally no uh, um but yeah i mean my youtube it's a style that i've been developing i've been only doing youtube like in the video essay format since august last year so i'm coming mm. up on my one year anniversary of the channel yeah. um i have I'm trying to get into the routine of one video every two weeks. Um, but also I started off as just a Doctor Who YouTuber. And since then I've branched out. I've made yeah. videos on on Star Wars, on Marvel, iCarly, movie trailers, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, bonus all features. And, all franchises and then um, iCarly. <laughs> I mean, the thing with iCarly is I, I like the idea of just being able to make a video on anything that I'm interested in and yeah. having a platform for that. And that's why that's almost why I did iCarly to just be like, look, I can do yeah. whatever, not in like, a, I could do whatever I want kind of thing, but just like, yeah. look, this channel is just my head, what I'm thinking about in any given yeah. moment. And, you know, I, I like the idea of people tuning in to watch that um, because, uh, but yeah, obviously, Doctor Who is where I started. Doctor Who is something I'm still a huge fan of, so I will continue to make Doctor Who videos. I'm writing one, you know, uh, as at, at the moment. I've got one coming out this Sunday yeah. um, that I'm just finalising the script for now, and um, I, um, I, yeah, I, I think I really enjoyed making those videos on the the series ten finale. Yeah, um, and I think I'd like to do something like that, that again. At some point, it was really, really draining doing like yeah. three thirty-minute videos on three episodes, mm. two weeks apart for each of them. It it yeah. really burnt me out, and I I've not done a video like that since yeah. then. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I'd like to do it again. I, I might do the series nine. Yeah, because your 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 video style is really really good, and I watched I watched all your videos, not not just the Doctor Who one, but the yeah, iCarly one. I started watching and then realized then stopped it, stopped watching because I haven't seen the reboot yet. Because as of now, it as of twenty twenty one, it's Paramount Plus and available in the UK, but it will be available available from on Sky in the UK for free 
from 2022, which is part of Sky Cinema. It'll relaunch that because Peacock TV is coming to the UK this year, right? Um, for free on Sky Q as part as part of a bundle, and so and so I'll end up watching that. But we're watching yours, and I think it's called Clever Dick Films. Is another popular YouTuber that has a similar style on that. And with my videos, podcast aside, I try and improve things. Watching other YouTubers and Doctor YouTube like you yourself and and other people, it's ideas come together. It's like Max Posh does the whole microphone holding and walking around and not in the not in the same not doing walking around talking to the public. And then Elle Mills does the thing where she's from one place to another to another and having the VHS style, which which is a process that I so want to attempt, but. It's it's so hard to do, and you have to think about it carefully. Is that my style is not the best because I film it at six in the morning, um, which is quite early, and, and the videos are quite short because I just think the title, then roll, then roll with whatever comes out me uh, me mouth, and only add an intro. And watching your videos just just makes me want to spend all the time because I run I run, including the main channel, I run eight YouTube channels, wow. and. Funnily enough, I started my eighth YouTube channel about in February the 23rd, and it's already on 1.3k subscribers. And I've been doing this channel for about five years, ever since I moved into this house that I'm currently sat in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think just as far as styles go, for me, it's been a, a kind of a learning process of, you know, I will try out certain things, they will work or they won't work, or there will be elements of them that I, you know, I prefer. And I will kind of take that on board going forward. I've, I've spoken a bit with a couple of other YouTubers. Um, full fat videos um, has given me some pointers here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Houston Productions uh, is another guy uh, who really gave me some great tips on how to appear confident on camera. Yeah. And I think uh, that's something, you know, it's all about learning and it's all about improving. And, yeah. you know, I've only been doing this for a year and I still feel like I'm completely out of my depth. And, you know, when I got that one video, one of my videos, the, the one I did on, on movie trailers, got 100,000 views. And I was just like, oh, oh wow. Crikey. Like I suddenly felt a lot of pressure and I was getting loads of attention on my video. And as soon as that happened, I was obviously really excited, but I was also just mortified because I hadn't put as much effort as I could have into that video. And it was suddenly everyone was seeing it. And I noticed all the little imperfections along the way. And I noticed that my hair was really messy and I should have shaved beforehand. And I was just like, oh God, I've got a hundred thousand people looking at me <laughs> and not my best. Yeah. And I've just kind of ever, ever since then, I was just like, okay, I, I never know how yeah. many people are going to see a certain video. So I will always put in the effort to make sure that it is yeah. the best it could be. Um, Cause I always, I've always wanted to do YouTube. Like I've always been interested yeah. in it since I was started watching YouTube. I've always wanted to, to be on it. But um, I, I just told myself that I didn't want to do it if it couldn't be good because yeah. I thought my, I thought my scripts up. were good. Yeah. I I've been writing for, for ages and I thought if the script is good and I'm bringing it, to life with a really bad mic and a really bad camera and really awful editing, then it's it's not like I'm wasting the good scripts. <laughs> so uh, I, I waited years before I got this nice big computer that can handle the editing. Yeah. And I got this nice mic yeah. and I my phone and my tripod and everything. And like, it, it's all working quite well now. Uh, and mm. I think I came off the bat at quite a high quality 
which really helped at the start because a lot of the time I will click on a video and if it looks and sounds bad, I will click off. Yeah. However, people clicked on me not knowing it was my first ever video and they stayed with it. And yeah. I think that's that's something I would say is yeah. that honestly, if you can fake it until you make it as far as quality goes, you'll go a long way because yeah. like, you know, high picture quality, good sound quality is mm. so important. Um, and people, you know, it will make or break whether or not someone yeah. sticks with it. Um, and so that's, that's my experience of just yeah. maintain a high mm. quality and then let the rest, let the rest come afterwards. Now, now if video people are watching, you'll be able to see what I'm about to hold up, but this is a camera I use to film my normal videos. It's HD. It's, it's an old HD now, but it still looks really good. And I use these video. I use this to film my normal videos when I'm here, but when I'm doing my, on my eighth, on my, one of my other channels that I don't know which number called Tom's comedy club, which, which is. Uh, was a bizarre idea, but it's it's gone far. Uh, I have a web I have a web series on there, a web sitcom called Misadventures of Albert Flowerpot, and I use a proper um D- DLSR um Canon with with a proper mic, and they they look and sound really good. But this camera, if you look at it, and and it's been it's been in my family now for I don't know maybe eight years now, and it still looks and sounds incredible. It's a little bit broken because. I took it with me on D of E. Couldn't open the actual lens bit, so we had to rip it a little bit. Right. Because uh, it wouldn't open, and we tried, and I, and I tried to film everyone jumping because uh, they all they all didn't like me. So so I I just took in control of filming everything, and well I didn't actually. They all thought of other ideas, but I edited it, and it and it worked out very well. But I I, I feel like one of the ideas that I, I really want to do that I've just had now that'd be amazing. Would would be would be any opportunity I get to go to either a London Comic Con, uh, or New York. I've only been to London Comic Con once or Gallifrey One. I I would love to do a video where it's where I talk about a certain topic and I get the fans' views on it. So you're out and about and you go up to a fan that's wearing a cosplay. First of all, ask them about the outfit, then ask them what their thoughts on on a certain point in document. Like what Linda Lee Rose did, she was the youngest yes. ever um, correspondent. Her sister, who's a lot younger than her, is now uh, her sister's about I don't know six, and she's right. now a junior reporter as well. But That's Linda funny. Lee went to Gallifrey One and went through every doctor and spoke to fans, and she was Tiggy. I'd so forgotten about Linda Lee Rose. I'd, yeah. I'd forgotten about those videos. They were so cute. Yeah. Um, I remember finding those and just thinking it was hilarious and adorable. And and then, but then she was she was really good at kind of going up and talking to people, like um, and kind of. I think she. I think because she was so cute and small that everyone everyone just wanted to talk to her. Yeah. And she got some some good good questions out of them. And she was, you know, I don't know how much of that was kind of parent influence of just kind of ask this question ask that but you know she was she was very good at very good at ask, asking questions and, and getting that i don't know how old she must be now if she was what, four when asylum of the daleks was coming out so she, d- 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 she, yeah. she's left the doctor who scene now is, is from yeah. what i can gather is that she she started she she released her own music she released a song she? yeah you know uh coco cabana the song uh, uh, yes yeah well well uh, the, the whole copper incident with youtube she made us coco cabana and called it copper well well i yeah i i to be honest i had not thought about her in about well, five four years i um, mean every time i think yeah. of in, 
every time I think of going out and interviewing people, I think, well, she, if she can do it, anyone can do it because she, she got to stand on a chair and have a have a have a chit chat with um, Matt Smith and, <laughs> and got a hug off Matt Smith. Uh, they were all really cute with her, like uh, 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 you know Jenna Coleman and, and Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. And uh, yeah, I think yeah. every every celebrity that she spoke to just seemed seemed really cute. Yeah, she she never met um, Jodie Whittaker from what I can gather, but she used to work for a YouTube channel called BeyondTheMarquee.com, mm-hmm. and then and then a, a, a dad because it was a dad because you could tell a dad then built her a TARDIS, built her own little set, and then made a review every episode of Doctor Who, which. <laughs> In, in the American accent. But now now going now we're gonna go down to the final few questions. Um what is your favorite episode of Doctor Who of all time or as of recent? Um it has to be world enough in time and the Doctor Falls as a as a two-parter. Um I think nothing can really dethrone that as far as quality. I love it as a send-off to Stephen Moffat's era, to the 12th Doctor's era, to Bill, to Nardole, um, to Missy, um, to John Sims Master. <laughs> a surprise send-off all those years later. Um, I think that has to be my favourite, and that's why I gave it such a detailed review in you know uh, last year. I think, I don't know if there's another... I really like A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, that's the best Christmas special. Uh, and um, yeah, what else? I'm just trying to think of a, a bit of a bit of breadth across the whole thing. Because um, I, I know that's it's a very kind of Stephen Moffat, you know, focused <laughs> answer. But, Is there any um, classic who? Is there any classic who? I really it? like... like. <laughs> The Myth Makers. Has anyone yeah. ever said that? Uh, um, it's it's great. It's really funny. Um, uh, I've watched the reconstruction of that. Um, what else? Classic Who. Inferno. Great. The Three Doctors. Great. Um, the, um, the first ever episode. I can't can't remember exactly what that's called. I've stopped my head at the moment, but that's a fantastic episode. Yeah, we've got some. There, there are just some great great stories throughout yeah. classic who and i think i mean I, I love the chase i love i love that kind of ridiculously i think the daleks were inverted commas scary for a bit and then by the time of the chase i think they were just kind of fun fun mm-hmm. fodder for kind of kickstarting an adventure and you know having them chase you know ian barbara the doctor vicky and then and then stephen through yeah. through time um was was really fun and you've got you know the empire state building you've got the you've got all kinds of fun there's a haunted house um and they they leave vicky behind accidentally and it's so funny and she has to she has to (laughs) she has to hitch a ride and then there's a robot doctor played by edmund warwick and it's just it's a great great story Mm. and there are just loads of those that i just whenever i think about for more than a moment i'm like oh i want to rewatch that I like the uh, I like the can the the candy monster. I can't remember exactly what he's called, but it's it's the uh, monster that's made out of like lollipops and yes, and, uh, another the Candyman. He's yeah, the candy a, um, he's incredibly creepy. I don't yeah. know. I mean, there it's are lollipop children. <laughs> any anything with kind of small circles and and just kind of weird detail like that 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 they then call a face just puts me on edge. I don't like it. 
Um, he could be best friends with the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> yeah, I think any kind of, yeah, anything like that is creepy to me. Um, but I have to say, yeah. Um, and then I think one of my favorite episodes of, of all Doctor Who anything is that first trickster episode, whatever happened to Sarah Jane. Um, we need the tricksters to come back. No, absolutely. That, that, that's a definite. Um, we, we need Russell T. Davis to do a guest spot just right for the trick, trickster. Teach whoever the next showrunner is how to write for the trickster. Get the book who play the trickster to come back. And we need a whole story about where his eyes went. We need to explain <laughs> where his eyes went. Yeah, people people need to know. We yeah. we kind of, you know, we're outraged about the just we've had three stories with him. He was referenced in turn left. We had the monks. We had all these other similar characters, and for some reason, we've never been given an explanation on on what happened to the trickster's eyeballs. Yeah. We, uh, we need we need we need a big finish audio like Bessie. Bessie's getting a audio. We need something called the trickster's eyeballs, where it's like all you're listening to is nothing and then the word eyeballs <laughs> and then the tricks are laughing and then that's the end of the whole story i think it sounds great i think yeah. we're onto something there <laughs> but but have you have you heard that they're doing a bestie audio drama because everyone i've spoken to so when i spoke to chris chapman who does the documentary the right to little bit for big finish he hadn't heard of the bestie audios and he um, and he also agreed that it was a little bit odd that anyone would spend ten pound on an audio of a car that can't even talk. It's not I even think a it sounds, I think it sounds great. I mean, it, it's weird and it sounds bad, but also I'm I'm incredibly intrigued by yellow I, vinyl, I mean, yellow I, vinyl, <laughs> yellow vinyl. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like I like Bessie. I think it's bizarre that Bessie has not made a return in Doctor Who. Um, I think I don't the, think Bessie's road safe, so uh, <laughs> we, we have we have to stick. I want Bessie to drive as my first ever car, but road safety is the first thing you have to think about. <laughs> they should uh, just just drag drag Bessie by a you know a rope along <laughs> a road and yeah. just put or, put Jodie Whittaker in it. Yeah, I'll attach um, it to the TARDIS as the TARDIS flying Bessie. Yeah, the companion that decided Bessie. Singing yeah. along to Duran Duran. <laughs> no, I think that would be really fun. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised Mark Gatiss never brought back Bessie or uh, Russell T Davies probably would have yeah. um, it, for Unit. It's just just strange because it just feels like such an iconic and relatively easy thing that you'd be able to do. Mm. Um, Unit. But- Unit were more like the army. With with a new who, Unit had cars that were more army. If I like the original Unit was more army. These were more like, um, like American type army things. Yeah. So you see with the with the FBI, the CIA, the MCI. Yeah, they're like kind of special uh, special operative yeah. kind of soldiers. Line of duty a lot. But um, my final question to you, um, to wrap up this amazing interview, um, which has probably been an hour, but. I never know until I've edited these things. Um, is what do you think of the director of Loki being the showrunner? Because that's been rumored. Um, so Kate Heron was was yeah. the director of Loki, wasn't she? she? Was um, I I think she would do a great job. I think. Um, I I don't necessarily think that there are as many similarities between Loki and Doctor Who as a lot of people say. I think they are wildly different shows. However, as far as vibes and ability to tell the story i I know um there are a lot of writers on loki who were not kate heron but as far as director as a director goes apparently she brought a lot 
yeah. creatively to that project. I think she'd be great. I think she, yeah. you know, I think she'd be a fresh new voice. Um, if that if that was the direction that you know they wanted the show to be taken, yeah. I'm sure she would take it in a great one. Because I've I've heard an interview she did with Jack. Jack, who was in a YouTube group called Jack and D. Jack Howard. Yeah, Jack Howard. She she did an interview with him, or he did an interview with her, and and they did it, and, and they did it, and I really want to interview her, and and I've tried to message her on Vimeo because she has a a, a message window open on Vimeo, uh, and I tried to message her on Twitter because she's because what it was was I am one of those people that sort of ruined. A TV show for my family because I tell them how they film that because I because I, I know exactly how they film it um and she'd be really interested to talk about because when she was interviewed by Jack Howard what happened was he messaged her and them two just met up for a drink because he said he wanted to be a director oh. and he and they met up and she, she's one of those people that will probably because she's not got back to me in any form um as as actually sat down with someone and said well this is what i've done what what what's your ambition and and this is how i've done this and and then you and there'll be something an interesting to talk to a director about what they would and then i could ask her whether she would be on doctor and what what a vision would be because the other person that's been rumored that i hate the sound of is the bloke that created babylon 5. now i don't like babylon 5. um battlestar galactica and Stargate uh, SVG and Stargate Atlantis are better than Babylon 5. So I'd, what do you think he would be a good? I don't know much about Babylon 5. I've not heard those rumours at all. Um, but I'm I think... on a Doctor Who. I'm on every Doctor Who Facebook room you can think of. They're all whittling on about the Babylon 5 creator. If you Google it, the, the, the Google says the next Doctor will be um, Rosie Matafeo, and which is new or Jodie Comer or uh, and they're coming up with names and they ha- that isn't just Chris Marshall well, I mean that's at least at least they've got some some more unique ideas yeah um I mean I think uh what I want from a showrunner is just someone who uh gets the strikes the right vibe the right feel of the show you know the, the balance between the fun and the serious I think is something that Chris Chibnall has not done wonderfully I think it's very much serious 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 joke serious serious joke and then like I think that can make the fun quite tricky um whereas I think Stephen Moffat and Russell T Davies were able to weave in the comedy and the dialogue and everything and the, the yeah. threat all as one big product um and I think I just want someone to not do exactly what they did because Moffat yeah. and uh, Davis, they they did very very different things when they were running the show, but I think um, I think they need to to strike a whoever it is needs to strike a balance similar to that, uh, but obviously bring bring their own their own spice to the yeah. to the equation. Yeah. Uh, and now now to wrap off this interview, uh, who are the top three people you would want to see as an incarnation of the Doctor? Name three people. If there's any three. Let me think. Um, Don't see yourself. <laughs> um, I've seen some good suggestions recently, but as soon as you ask that question, they have all left my head. Well, Jodie um, Comer's ones has been cropping up, and yeah. on Reddit have been making like fan art of what of what her doctor would look like. I mean, it's a bit of a cop out. I think Joe Martin 
um, who has already played the Doctor. I think she deserves a chance to play the Doctor properly in a series. Well, um, we might find out if that's the case in the next series. Uh, yeah. They haven't properly explained who she is. No, exactly. But I think I think it would be a shame to waste that incarnation on like a cameo here, a cameo there, a cameo there. I think it would be a lot nicer for the show going forward to yeah. give her a chance to be that incarnation as an actual doctor. Yeah. Um, as far as other actors and performers go, um, um, I don't. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't think Jimmy Jimmy Carr's the one that comes to my mind, but I think it'd be awful as yeah. the doctor. I, I think um uh was was Patterson Joseph um is would be great. I think he would be really strong. Um who else? Uh, ah, I mean I wanted to say I think Anthony Head, Anthony yeah. Stewart Head from uh Merlin and Buffy and Doctor Who School Reunion. He played um he played he uh, the Krillisane man. I yeah. think he'd be really good. I think there aren't many roles in Doctor Who that he wouldn't do really well. I think he'd be a fantastic yeah. master. But there's in his older age, I'm seeing him a lot more as a kind of old man. You know, yeah, I think he'd be a great great doctor. I think he would bring a lot to the show. I don't think it will ever happen. I don't think he is the oh. director the show will ever want to take um he's busy because he's in ted lasso at the moment is he yeah he, play, he plays um a husband he plays a husband who used to own the football club that the show's based around oh right well i may have to check that out i've been meaning to check that out anyway but um mm. i think uh, are there any because I, I i'd really like the next doctor to be a woman um mm. regardless of of who they pick i think a female doctor is, is an important thing for 14 to be um, Dave Patel. Dave Patel's been popping up. As a, yeah, as a I know. I've, I've seen. A, I've seen a few here and there. I saw a suggested the other day, and I thought I'd never considered it, but they'd be fantastic. Yeah. And I, it's completely left my head. I think 15 years ago, Miriam Margulies would have done a great job. Oh, um, but I oh, think no, 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 no. I've no? seen her in interviews. I've seen her in interviews. No, she would. She, she's, she's one of those people that, that they'll have to cut half the things she said because she's, <laughs> she's one of those people that in an interview on this morning they have to keep her under control because she, she'll literally just say what, what the first thing that pops into her brain, whether that's inappropriate or not. I think she's wonderful. I, I mean, she's quite rude. Yeah, um, but, and maybe not the best ambassador for the show. But, Judy Dench. Uh, Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I mean, I, I don't think this is something that Jodie Whittaker has, which is, uh, but I think you need that kind of commanding kind of energy yeah. that a lot of performers that I see thrown around, they have. And I'm like, okay, yeah. they could do it. They have that. Jodie, I just don't think she has it. I don't think she can grab you and hold yeah. the scene and make you pay attention to her. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I wish she did. And I hope she does going forward. Um, I hope series 13 yeah. that I start to see that in her, but you know, I, whoever comes next, I hope, I hope that's something they prioritize. I reckon this, this is just a wild thought. There's someone, uh, we could have a new direction for the show and it could be like the doctor regenerates, but because these, because she, because they've regenerated so many times, this regeneration has gone wrong. We could have a young, like 12 year old actor or one of the young actors. And it could be like the doctor's act, like and the whole series is about trying to work out how to regenerate back into someone older, and it's like it'd be like a, a mini series, it'd be like, like it'd be like a mini series. So it'd be like 
the Doctor, Doctor Who, and they'd be like, Doctor Who again, but it'd be the same show, but just like a small run where it's like, it's a whole trying to work out how to do it. Uh, I think you'd have to, um, it's one of those things where you're putting a lot of faith there in a very young actor. And a lot of the time they are not, there, there aren't people who could do that. And you'd have to get someone who was really good at a young age, like uh, someone with that spark, that energy, obviously that youthful energy as well, but you've kind of, it would run the risk of being really annoying. And I want to say facetious, but I don't think that's what that word means. Maybe precocious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that's probably what I mean, but uh, I think it's a, it's a fun idea and I'd like to see something like that um as a as an experiment um but i also i it could go very wrong <laughs> would you would you be able to name any any child actors that you think could be would be a good suit is there any that pop into your, your head i have a friend who's a child actor but he's slowly getting older and he's not a child anymore so <laughs> he would have been great he would have been great 10 years ago but um <laughs> yeah um yeah no he must be he must be a, an adult now but um um no not really i mean in the u.s there's um what's his name J jacob J jason jacob tremblay um he's a, a fantastic young actor yeah. no idea how old he is anymore probably not a young <laughs> actor. <laughs> this is like, the child that yeah. plays young sheldon if, if we're going american i think the child that plays young sheldon would be uh, a good fit um yeah um i think yeah you need someone with that kind of wisdom beyond their years kind of thing. I mean, I hate to get you bring it back to, to Loki, but whoever played kid Loki in that episode was good. Yes. And he wasn't, um, I, I think it really could have been annoying. It really could have been annoying, but it wasn't. And I think that's, there's, there's your choice. Yeah. There's your pick there. I, well, I, I reckon some, some fan out there that has the budget needs to <laughs> work out who the actor is find the agent, ask him if they want to do it. Someone needs to make a fan series of it and then we need to see whether or not if it does work, send it through, email <laughs> the BBC and go, we made this as a test. I, we think it would really work as, as a mini series, <laughs> mini six episodes. Just, just whilst you're finding the next actor, have a chat, have this person in it. And what you could do as a safety is, you know, have the adult doctor lie down on the TARDIS floor, regenerate, cut to credits, then the next series with the child starts, the doctor's on the floor regenerating and is suddenly a child. And then at the end of that series, they get back on the floor of the TARDIS. They start to regenerate, credits roll. And then if you don't like that, you could just pretend it didn't happen because, you know, that series, that series ends with um, the doctor, you know, lying on the TARDIS floor and regenerating. And the next series starts with the doctor as a new face. You can ignore all the stuff in the middle if you want to. Yeah. Um, I think I think if if it's not a good idea for TV, I think it could be worth a fan, either a fan film or a fan audio, where 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 you where you work out what what, what would what what circumstance would cause the doctor to uh, have have so much trauma and accidentally regenerate into a small child, because it, it it could it could happen because you don't know. Like we no one ever thought that the doctor could regenerate into a woman. No one ever thought that. No, that's true. Because it was never possible. It was never something that we thought yeah. of. But then I mean, nothing is happened. possible. Nothing is canon until it happens, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that about Star Wars. Every time there's a new force power, it's like, yeah, but mm. every force power has been introduced in one movie. And it's like, yeah. you know, that just 
you've got to build on things and you've got to introduce new things. And, you know, although it may not be canon yet, that's only because it's not been done yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I think we need a Doctor Who multiverse. I reckon what will happen is because I've read this somewhere before. I reckon Marvel will end up buying the rights to Doctor Who in the future. And because of the whole multi-universes, they'll just slot Doctor Who right into the MCU. I, I mean, I can I can see it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the BBC have some kind of, um, you know, they have a, a, a decent relationship with Disney. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Disney XD showed David Tennant um, for they, a bit. There were they talk- showed the K9, the yeah. K9 spin yeah. Um, there were talks of Doctor Who maybe going to Disney Plus. Um, I don't know if they were just rumors, but um, I think maybe that was before BritBox kind of became the place. But um, I don't know. I think it's it's not something I really want to happen, but it's something that I can see happening. Because I've I've read somewhere that some of the comic comics were made by Marvel, some of the Doctor Who ones, because Transformers um, is Marvel. So the little so in the Transformers films in the live action, the little cube thing they run after is apparently the Tesseract. So so anything possible within yeah, Marvel. I guess yeah, I think at some point Disney will own everything and everyone yeah. can cross over. I mean, Warner Brothers, you know, they don't have the reputation for owning everything, but they will also take any opportunity they can to throw everything into one project, like uh, Space Jam or Ready Player One or, or Riverdale. Lego Dimensions, um, because that was just like Wizard of Oz, Back to the Future, Doctor Lego Who. movie. They put Doctor Who in that. Yeah. Um, and I, I say that with my Lego Dimensions collection just slightly out of shot here, because um, I've been playing that recently. Yeah, um, I love Lego Dimensions, because you get to build more Doctor Who, and you get to, and you get to listen to Peter Cavaldi do a voice. Or it could have been Jake Dunman, who does the <laughs> um, short stories. Yeah, I mean Peter Capaldi is really good in that episode, in that in that game. Uh, he even does um, the "This is the TARDIS, this is my ship" thing, and it was the first time he did it because yeah. his first companion was Clara, and um, he had no reason to introduce a companion to the TARDIS until Bill. Bill. Um, so actually, the first time he got that great Doctor moment was when he was introducing Wild Style Gandalf mm-hmm. and Batman to the TARDIS, which I find really funny. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on to my podcast. Thank you for having me. And just before we leave this episode, I do like to say, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I am so sorry. because Not because of Apple being rubbish or anything. I love Apple Podcasts, but the issue is the logo. Now, if you're listening to this, you'll know what I'm on about more than if you're watching this. On, I update the logo twice now over on SoundCloud. It updated immediately on Spotify but has not updated over on Apple Podcasts. I have emailed them. I have tagged them in uh, on my Facebook page for this podcast. But hope you guys enjoyed this video. I will be back with more discussions on my, my by myself and more Doctor Who videos in the future. But as you know, I run uh, eight YouTube channels, so there might be a new third channel video on Thursday. Keep your eye out. But hopefully I'll be able to get another interviewee on onto this podcast after Joe because I really enjoy chatting with Doctor Who fans, YouTubers, and people working on the show. But I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I've been your host, Time Lord Tom, and that's been Joe Brennan. Time Lord Tom out. Bye. Bye.